0: Good evening, baseball fans. It is Friday. I almost said Sunday. It's not Sunday. It is Friday. (laughs) It is Friday, uh, December 22nd. And this is episode 4003. It is not 4003. I don't even know what episode. Episode 50 of uh, Bourbon and Baseball, All the Balls Edition. I am Susie. This is Kelsey. I say this is Kelsey like I don't know which way to point. That's I never
1: can point at anything on the screen. <laughs> I'm like I don't know you're where over I'm there, to be you're over there.
0: At. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't know. So it's a very professional setup that that we have here. Anyways, um, before we get started, I should probably give you the warning. This is a rated R podcast for all of the adult content. Not that adult content. Don't don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted, people. Not that adult content. Um, lots of four letter words and inappropriate adult humor. And um drinking, I've got my I've got my drink tonight, jose Me too. What's, what oh, What do you have? Oh, you see, you're an adult and you have wine. I don't. I don't oh, I just have, have, have wine. a what nice have? a nice Pinot Noir. Oh, okay. I'm gonna nod my head and say, Oh, okay. I know what that is. I don't know what that is. It's what is yours? Mine is a Jack Daniel's Down Home Punch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, uh, I think
1: I had one of those before that was like a a bourbon and
0: peach thing. What kind of yeah. liquor is actually in that? Um, whiskey something love it yeah um some i mean i assume it's whiskey since you know jack daniels yeah looks like but, but you know what they could they could just be fucking with me and just be like <laughs> it's vodka jack daniels vodka I don't know.
1: tastes mostly like punch and that's <laughs> yeah. what's important
0: yeah it's it's what i affectionately um call bitch beer so that's yeah i like that that's, term it works yeah so that's what that's what i'm working with here yeah, open um yeah. and let's go Let's go. So we're going to talk about all of the things, all of the things. Not all the things, because we we omitted some of our things because there's lots of other more important things to talk about. But we're going to start with our forty man find, and yeah. Um, Kelsey, can I just say that I still have to remind myself that it's called the forty man find, and not um diamond daddies. Like I <laughs> initially had it in my. That head. was I'm your just, initial you know, yes. Uh, suggestion. It's a whole. It's a whole other. A whole other that, list that yeah be.
1: that really goes along with our with our calendar idea for skip <laughs> schumacher and gabe kepler so they yes. can take that that name and run yeah, with
0: it. For sure. Um did you see me almost die because <laughs> I tried to lean on this and the arm wasn't there. for, no. for the audio only <laughs> <laughs> listeners just know that um you you did not witness me almost die and try and lean on a armrest that was not there. She's like one sip in to her Jack Daniels too. It's, I can't even, I can't even blame it on that. It's just
1: where to go from cool here
0: that I'm just super <laughs> clumsy anyways. So 40 man find um, typically is a guy that is on our 40 man roster. I say our, like I'm on the team, any of the 40 man rosters that of the teams that, that we talk about, that just kind of seems like a cool guy that maybe is not a starter or is maybe new to the team. Um just guys that we would probably, I don't know, maybe maybe kind of cool, want to hang out with, grab a drink. Um and chat chat some ball. Uh, and we went loser to first. That's that's the ranking in which we did it. So we we've already covered um the Rockies and the Royals and the and and um the Nats. And um now this week we're gonna cover the Chicago White Sox for the AL and the Cardinals for the NL.
1: Because you know the White Sox and the Cardinals
0: ended about the same place yep. last season, had a similar year on the books. Yeah. Um no. so if this is your first time tuning in, um I I have the a no, I have the NL. I'm dumb. <laughs> I have the <laughs> the NL I have the National League um and Kelsey has the American League basically just so that we can learn more about the guys from the other leagues cuz I pretty have I pretty much have a handle on not all of the American League but like most most of the American League um and so you know this was a chance for me to learn about the the NL guys and vice versa with with Kelsey so Kelsey um you had the White Sox and who did you choose for your White Sox 40-man find?
1: Well, I couldn't help myself, Susie. I do like the idea that we are learning more about players that we ourselves are maybe not super familiar with, but this week I had to highlight this guy, even though I am familiar with him, because I think a lot of other fan bases might not be, and Mm -hmm. he's going to be playing on a new team with the White Sox this coming season. And Regardless of how he shows up on the field, I think there's a lot to know about him and appreciate about him, even from what he's done both on and off the field thus far. So there are many famous alumni of Illinois State University, from Jane Lynch to Sean Hayes to yours truly, uh, Lori Metcalf, John Malkovich, just to name a few. Right. But the one that we're going to talk about today is the one who has the baseball hitting facility at Illinois State named after him and that would be Mr. Paul Sterling DeYoung. Paul oh, DeYoung okay. now of the Chicago White Sox. So I had to pick him as one of the few that we know for sure also is going to definitely be playing with the White Sox next yes. year at this point, right? Got to got to be safe there. And before we get into his journey on the field, I want to tell you a little bit about Paul DeYoung off the field because We all know that the White Sox are in great need of a culture shift, and they could not have found a better guy to be a part of that right? and to just quietly and humbly lead by example than one Paulie D. So Paul was born in Florida, but he grew up primarily in the very northwest tip of Illinois in Antioch, Illinois, where his family moved when he was 11, and he actually grew up as an Atlanta Braves fan, but I guess like where he grew up in Florida – Probably pretty okay, close. To yeah, project. that makes sense. Yeah, well, so that works. Uh, anyway, he graduated with a degree in biochemistry with a pre-med emphasis from Illinois. Oh, State. Oh, yeah. So he's
0: so he's a so he's a smart motherfucker, is what we're yes. what we're saying. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And he's also an avid lover of classical music, so he's been very af- active in phil- philanthropic efforts for the Palm Beach Symphony over the years, which I'm assuming he you know got involved with because he spent a lot of time down in Palm Beach with the. The A team for low A team for the Cardinals is there. And then pretty close to spring training activities and all the training facilities down there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in August of 2019, Paulie D hit his 22nd home run of the season off of Brewers reliever, Devin Williams. And I bring this up now because it's a fun fact about one of his many charitable efforts uh-huh. in this home run. He, Hit the ball into the M in Big Mac land. Not sure how familiar you are uh with Bush Stadium, but into the upper deck there. He hit the M in Big Mac land, cracked it open, knocked the light out of it. And he decided to buy the M by donating $22,000 for his 22nd home run to Ronald McDonald House and to Cardinals Care. So he is now the proud owner of that broken letter M. (laughs) It's really hard to keep track of Paul's other charity work because it seems like every day he's not playing baseball. He is out in the community, but he's also never making a show of it. So from planting trees in the Forest Park area of St. Louis and donating the money to purchase all those trees and upkeep that area to local food banks where he was literally serving meals to those in need in the St. Louis community the day he was traded to the Blue Jays. That's where he was. Can you imagine knowing like I mean, he knew at that point he's on the trading block. Who knows what fate lies ahead, but some big change is coming and there he is still serving his community. So he's not just a guy who throws money at causes, but he actually shows up and does the work and wants to be a part of it, which I think is really cool. So yeah, regardless of anything else, here's what I want you to know about this man. He has a biochemistry degree. He plans to attend medical school if pro ball didn't play out. Not a bad backup plan, (laughs) right? Uh, But you know, it did. So he has made multi-millions of dollars playing Major League Baseball and he is an incredible charitable humble and gracious person. So Polly D was drafted by the Cardinals in 2015 in the 4th round. He made his big league league debut in 2017 where he hit a home run in the first swing of his major league at- back, his major league career. Pretty cool. Uh
0: how do you top that? Like uh, your first would like, that be like a grand slam I guess, but that's I mean right just you got to have that's there.
1: circumstantial. Yeah. I think he was one of only nine Cardinal players to do that, to have a home run in his first at-bats, but like on the first, the literal first swing.
0: That's crazy.
1: He was actually runner-up. I think a lot of people don't realize this, but he was runner-up to Cody Bellinger for NL Rookie of the Year that season in 2017.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah,
1: he slashed 285, 325, 532 with 65 RBIs and 25 home runs. And only one Albert Pujols actually had more home runs on the Cardinals as a rookie than Paul DeYoung. In 2018, he agreed to a six-year contract extension with St. Louis through the 2023 season. This was worth a guaranteed total of $26 million. There was lots of opportunity to make money beyond that. But he batted 261 with 13 home runs and 36 RBIs uh, at the beginning of the 2018 season. So the first half of the season, that was well enough to get him elected to the all-star game in Cleveland that year to represent the Cardinals. Oh, okay. And same season on July of 24, July 24th, they were playing the Pittsburgh pirates at PNC park and he hit three home runs in one game, becoming the first St. Louis shortstop to ever do that. Oh, so he's had some big moments. This is what I think is interesting about Paul DeYoung, but I still think people outside of Cardinals fans he never really caught their attention because these are we're 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 getting to like the end of the big moments, right? Unfortunately. Right. So he he also it's worth mentioning he also finished the 2019 season with the best fielding percentage among National League shortstops, and he was nominated for a Gold Glove that year. Oh, okay. After that, well, Paulie D, like like many of us in 2020, yeah. he got COVID. Uh, he fractured his ribs at the beginning of the 2021 season. Aye, aye, aye. And I mean, I don't know if it was any number of those things combined, but he has never returned to all-star Paul DeYoung form, at least at the plate. He has always remained an above average shortstop, and that definitely kept him on the field at times more often than not. But his struggles at the plate got so troublesome that he was actually demoted to Triple A in May of 2022. And he stayed there until Edmundo Sosa was traded at the deadline that season. So he came back up. Second half uh-huh. of the season, he actually ends up hitting two home runs in his first game back against the Nats. We're like Paul DeYoung, revenge season, here right. we come. Um, and actually on August 7th, he hit his 100th career home run, which was a three-run home run to help the Cardinals uh, to a 12-9 win and an ultimate sweep over the New York Yankees. Even and better. here, Yeah, here is where I want to sell you, Astros fans, you specifically, on Paul DeYoung. In October of 2011, an 18-year-old Paul Young <laughs> tweets, and I quote, I hate the Yankees. All lowercase letters, no punctuation, just I hate the Yankees. This I mean, tweet- as you should, as you should. <laughs> right. So this tweet has been shared year over year, over like 2,000 times, and many Cardinals fans have it bookmarked. It's just, it's no coincidence that Paul D always steps up against the Yankees. And I love it even more that like, He's not super active on Twitter anymore, but he's never deleted that tweet. <laughs> That's even I better. Just, I love it. I love and it. And he has other ones about like kind of shit talking the Yankees too, but that one is just like so simple and perfect. That's
0: so funny. Okay. So I was he with the Giants too last season?
1: Oh yeah. Here. Okay. I'm going to finish up and give you the rundown of what has happened to Paul DeYoung in the last uh, uh, six months. Really? Okay. So, yeah, in 2022, as I mentioned earlier, Illinois State University uh, that named its baseball hitting facility, the Paul DeYoung Baseball Training Facility, to recognize DeYoung's financial support of Red, Birth, Red Bird Athletics and oh, the university. Okay. And while he started 2023 on the IL, he did make his season debut in April with the Cardinals, still against the Mariners. He had two singles and a home run. So, again, every time he's kind of come off the IL or come uh-huh. back up from Triple A. You see signs of new life from right. Polly D. He adjusted right. his stance a little bit this season. And actually, I mean, he was he was a relatively almost league average hitter in 279 at bats. He hit 233, 297, 412 with the Cardinals in the first half of the season. But on August 1st, he was traded going into his free agent year. The Cardinals, you know, were so tragically awful, which you're gonna get to more of uh here soon. And they were like, all right, you know, he's we're definitely not going to resign him at this point. And let's just uh, let him be a part of this dump. So he was traded to the Toronto Blue Jays and he played 13 games, only 13 unlucky games for Toronto. He was three for 44 with one RBI in that time. So they gave him such a warm welcome too. And really, I mean, so he filled a so hole good. for them because yeah. Bo- it was when Boba was like on and off the injured list. Mm-hmm. but when Bobaschette came back a couple weeks later, DeYoung was DFA'd, and he was ultimately released by the end of August. Then the Giants, the Giants come in August 22nd. Bam, baby! Pick up Paul DeYoung, sign him to a major league contract. He makes his debut on August 23rd. He, in his debut for the Giants, he had three hits, which was as many as he had in 44 <laughs> at bats. Right. right. With the Blue Jays. So I guess him and Gabe Kepler just clicked and he felt a little more comfortable there. I don't know. But he had 18 games for the Giants, uh, you know, one home run, five RBIs. He was ultimately released by the Giants a month later. And that's how we got here with the White Sox on November. 28th 2023 Paul DeYoung signs a 1-year contract with the Chicago White Sox for 1.75 million. He does have incentives that can increase the contract by 250k when certain criteria are met. So I'm just glad to see him. You knew he was going to get an opportunity with a team, but I think with a team in the state that the White Sox is in, right. He he has an opportunity not only to you know, get a little more grounded, have everyday playing time. I mean, he's going to be their starting shortstop. He just is. And like I said, he is elite defensively. There's nothing to be concerned about there. And hopefully he just has a fresh start, gets some consistency. But he is a guy to root for. Like Cardinals fans have given him such a hard time since he fell from that 2019 season. Uh Uh-huh. And when you think about the type of person that he is and the way that he's handled it, like this guy has already made like over $30 million playing baseball and he could go be a doctor. <laughs> okay, but yeah. it, I just, I i can't get over it. I'm like, trash talk somebody else,
0: <laughs> not this guy. <laughs> You're like, come on guys, come on. What, so what are I really, What As here?
1: much as I, I root for Tim Anderson as well, I really feel like Paul DeYoung is like the anti-Tim Anderson and he's going to have, the opposite kind of persona and presence uh-huh. that Sam Anderson did at that position for the white Sox. So so,
0: so no fisticuffs with uh, Jose Ramirez is what you're saying. No, definitely
1: not. Okay. He would be maybe the last on my, one of the last few on my list of guys to, to throw fists in the major okay. leagues. So okay. yeah, I feel pretty confident about that for him at the very least. And hopefully things pick up for him and he has a great 2024.
0: Paul DeYoung, don't sleep on him. Don't, don't sleep on him. That's awesome. Okay, so um, I do have to say, uh, guys, if you have tuned into our YouTube's at all, um, you will notice that maybe uh a new direction, a new background, um, a cat on my lap. Do, do you see her? She's audio only. People, you're gonna have to go look and and see. She's real cute. She's worth She's a listening. YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so but my my dear lovely husband spent hours and hours of time like changing up my background and changing up all of the things for for the room um but now ay 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 that's that hurts tiny cat um i'm just staring at kelsey like while she's talking to me but you really can't tell and it's just throwing throwing me off and so <laughs> i'm like i don't i don't even know what to do here so anyhow um she is looking at me i promise I, i'm like i promise i'm looking at I'm like i'm making eye contact with kelsey but like the way that the camera is you can't really tell so we're gonna we'll, we'll work on that but regardless anyway so um side note is paul de young's mom on twitter is that is she is she is a real good twitter
1: follow yes okay is excellent. She engages with fans a ton, and yeah, she posts. He doesn't post a lot about himself, but she uh-huh. posts a lot of good pictures of him, especially yeah, okay. with the charitable work that they do together. So, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay.
0: Andrea, I'm like, shout uh, out. Did I remember seeing something about a? I, I'm like, I want to say that it was him, but you know, like, I there's a lot of baseball players, and yes, I didn't. Her, want maybe I had and
1: Jack Flaherty's mom are also very active on Twitter and. Yeah, they're really fun to follow and provide
0: lovely, wholesome content for us to follow along with. Gotcha. Okay. So that don't sleep on Paul Young on the White Sox, guys. Um, side note, Tim Anderson to the Angels. Book it. Yeah, when's Book that gonna it. happen? Artie. Uh, wake well, up, Artie. We're gonna um I I'm actually going on an Angels podcast after this. And so uh I will have to remind myself to to yeah. say hey this is what's gonna happen anyways got a lot of um so my guy i had a hard time picking picking a person there's a, a lot, lot of people. good ones there's so many and i was like okay do i do i stay true to the asian do i pick tommy edmond um do i do i go lar's newbar with like the pepper grinder and all of the inappropriate comments that i can make about that or do i Pick maybe a lesser-known guy, and I was like, okay, fine, lesser-known guy. It is, even though Tommy Edmund wait. like had the cutest freaking baby. I yes. say Tommy like Kristen, yes, his wife Kristen, Kristen. yeah, mm-hmm. had the freaking cutest baby. Um, I'm sorry, Asian babies are the most fucking cutest baby ever. So it's just it's it's a, it's a fact. Just it's a fact. So sorry. Don't don't get offended.
1: You'll hear enough about Tommy Edmund on this podcast without us featuring <laughs> yeah. him, though. I recently yeah. declared I had to pick a favorite current player, and I uh-huh. I, I picked him. So is it Tommy? Oh, like okay. I've committed Tommy. to that now. I said it. So I gotta like roll with it for a while. Okay. Yeah. yeah,
0: I'll I'll remind you of that fact. But I I absolutely love Tommy Edmund. I mean, like mainly because he's half Korean. But um, but yeah. So but I didn't pick Tommy Edmund. I didn't. I didn't. Who did think you that pick? I'd I'm him. dying to know. <laughs> okay. Roll call. Roll call. That's not a roll call. Drum roll. Drum roll. Drum roll. Dylan Carlson. Oh, DC three. Yes. yes, good one. So, good one. um, funny enough, though, you know your your guy was a finalist for rookie of the year, yeah. In you know 2017, my guy, finalist for rookie of the year, um, not in 2017, obviously. Uh, I want to say it was in 2021. So I'll have to look back That's at my right. notes on that, um, because I had to old school write my notes down. So, anyways, Dylan Carlson. Uh, was drafted by the Cardinals in the first round, 33rd pick overall in 2016. And uh, by 2019, he represented the Cardinals in the futures game along with uh Nolan Gorman. Which that was also, yeah, I thought,
1: yeah, I thought that, was an-
0: that was another one that I was like, do I pick Nolan Gorman? I'm a huge Norm mm-hmm. fan, yeah. Oh. So, um, but he debuted uh, COVID year. August 15th, 2020 he debuted, and then he hit his first home run August 23rd off of a no-name reliever named uh Nate Jones hmm. of the Reds. And I thought I was plugged into like most of all of the relievers I have not a clue who Nate Jones is of the Reds.
1: Hmm.
0: Like yeah, you no, me put either. a could put a gun to my head and like, nope. Sorry, I don't. I can't give you a uh, any sort of description of Nate Jones. So, anyways, um, I thought I was like, okay, cool. Don't know ball, love it. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so that was you know, in twenty in twenty twenty, the COVID year. Obviously shortened, but uh, in twenty twenty one, he was the center fielder after Harrison Bader got hurt. Yes. Now, you may may remember Harrison Bader. You're like, wait a minute. Harrison Bader, he was on the Yankees. Yeah, but before, before that, he had lovely, lovely locks, and he was on the Cardinals. So, um, in 21, he took over center field. And then when Harrison Bader returned, he moved over to right field. And then April 17th in, of 2021, he hit his first grand slam off of Zach Pop of the Miami Orleans in Lone Depot Park. So... Um, good on you over there uh fun fact um in yeah 20 in 2021 he was the national league rookie of the year finalist along with jonathan india and trevor rogers um so sorry jonathan india how far are you falling off apparently everyone's fallen off like i don't know what's going yeah, on
1: yeah isn't that weird they i mean it just shows what it tough game this is not just mm-hmm. over 162 but year over year You can't be yep. for granted and it's why it's absolute insanity literal insanity to sign anyone let alone a pitcher to a 12-year deal but we're not there yet susie we're not there yet. We're
0: not, there yet we're not there we we'll, we will be there we will but he finished uh 2021 season um with 542 ab's over 149 games he slashed 266 343 uh with a slug of 437. He had 18 home runs, uh, batted in 65, and had 31 doubles. And um, in the start of the 2022 season, he was the starting right fielder for yes. the Cardinals. Now, if you um, aren't super plugged into the Cardinal system, they basically have an outfield gluttony. Like, just so many people that can play the outfield, they don't know what to do with them. And then they just, like, rotate them all in, like, this carousel.
1: Yes. Yeah. Dylan Carlson is a victim of that.
0: Yeah. So um, Dylan, uh, in 22, in late May, he had a hamstring injury, unfortunately. And then it was re- reactivated. And fun fun fact, in um, June of that year, he was the last of four consecutive home runs hit yeah, between Nolan Arenado, Nolan Gorman, Juan Yepes, known power hitter, oh. Juan Yepes. Um, and then obviously our boy, Dylan Carlson. All in the uh, first inning. With two outs against Phillies, then Phillies starter. Kyle Gibson. Yeah, against guess who? Yeah, Kyle Gibson. Um, uh, Do you think do you think that that will be a talking point in the locker room? <laughs> Oh 100%. Awesome. Especially awesome.
1: considering I've heard that that Kyle Gibson, you know, is a a, a great clubhouse guy. I'm sure he's going to just break the ice with it if you haven't already.
0: That that that's a backbreaker. Like all with two outs and then you hit full, four consecutive home runs? Like okay, so Nolan Arenado. Yes.
1: Fine, got it. Totally. Okay. Yep. Norm yeah. Nolan Gorman.
0: Yeah, Nolan Gorman. Okay. Also but then, like Juan Yepes.
1: Juan Yepes, Cardinals legend. He scored the only run in the postseason for the Cardinals in 2022.
0: <laughs> See, it's just, it's one Sometimes of those. So, yeah. Um, in 23, however, he only played uh, 76 games. He ended the season um, slashing 219, 318, and 333 with five home runs. Um, he had 27 RBIs and three stolen bases. August 1st, unfortunately, he hit the IL. With a left oblique strain, those obliques are very tricky. I don't know because I don't have any, but you know, I hear, I hear they're they're a they're a bitch to to work out. Um, and then a left ankle injury. So, did something happen like with his left side, or like what what? I mean, quite possibly there wasn't like a specific
1: injury, but he had been having trouble with the ankle on and okay. off for a long time, and it ultimately became like when the Cardinals were out of it at this point, and there really wasn't a spot for him every day anyway. uh, It was like, you know what? Go get that taken care of and get better during the offseason. Yeah.
0: yeah. So um, September 13th, unfortunately, Ollie Marwell said, uh, Dylan Carson, out you go, because you're going to have season-ending ankle surgery. So um, apparently he has been assigned, quote-unquote, the fourth outfielder role this upcoming season. So, I have
1: no idea. I guess that's that right.
0: <laughs> that yeah, that tracks, that tracks, yeah. Um so I honestly, I kind of see him as a as a trade piece at this point. Like He is for
1: sure. Yeah.
0: So, I, I mean, what are, like what are you do? I mean, granted, Dylan Carlson great like depth bench piece. Absolutely. But, but free I'm, Dylan
1: Carlson because he
0: he should be a starter.
1: Yeah. For even a team like the Mariners, honestly. Uh yeah. he's a switch hitter. He is one of the smartest fielders like he is he doesn't have necessarily the natural athleticism that even Uh like a tyler o'neill would have and that's a lot of reason why he got just kind of used and abused and a lot of what happens with those outfielders is is how they're utilized really stunts their potential right and that is very much what has happened with him and i mean there was even interviews like mid-season with him this year where he was like you know, how do you feel about how you've been utilized and what's going on? And he was like, I mean, it hurts. And people were like, Dylan Carlson is crying. And I'm like, okay, listen, he's a very like soft spoken, gentle human. Uh Yeah. Him and Paul DeYoung have similar vibes for sure. Um, But he's, I mean, he's, he's obviously super talented and has like great raw potential that he's worked very hard, hard and smartly to to hone his dad. I don't know if you read anything about this, but his dad
0: was his coach in high school. Through yeah. high school, yeah, yeah. Um, those were my fun facts. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. Jeez, Kelsey, stop I'm trying. To, stop trying to steal my my information. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So in high school, he played for his dad uh, in Elk Grove, California, and he started varsity as a 14 year old. 14 year olds. Crazy. Yeah, on varsity. Uh his senior year, he ended with a 407 batting average, hitting nine home runs, 40 RBIs in 36 games. And I didn't know this. He was a pitcher. He pitched. I didn't know that. He pitched. He he ended his season. Where's his 12 year deal? Six what? six and oh six Six and oh with a 1.44 ERA. Uh huh. Wake uh-huh. up, Mo. Get this guy on the trade block. Let's go. <laughs> like, I mean, come on now. he's got the arm apparently. Um. So yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, he uh, does not have a a college degree because you know he decided to sign uh, with the Cardinals. Got a one point three three five million dollars mm-hmm. signing bonus, which was five hundred and fifty thousand dollars underslot value. Mm-hmm.
1: Um.
0: But. Because he did that, he uh, rescinded his college um, acceptance to Cal State Fullerton. So no, I mean, I say no medical degree. I don't know that. Like as of right now, he will not, you know, get a medical degree. I
1: mean, he also has like three years of service in the major leagues, and he's only yeah. twenty-three years old. So yeah. I think he'll be okay. But you
0: know, he's, you know, he's fine. He's fine. Um, but you know, maybe afterwards, I don't know. Maybe afterwards, he's yeah. You know, get a medical degree or something but no 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 college for Dylan Carlson just a fourth outfield role at this point in time for the uh St. Louis Cardinals
1: yeah I just don't think that he's gonna get an opportunity to really shine because they've got their guys and I don't know there were a lot of people like a lot of Cardinals fans lobbying really hard for him to be the everyday starting center fielder Oh, uh-huh. last year, but you know, they had they wanted to give Tyler O'Neill a shot out there. They have Lars Newbar out there now. Tommy Edmond is out there, even though he never played the position a day in his life until like August of 2023. And he is probably going to be Tommy Edmund will probably be the starting center fielder, fielder. and then Newbar and left, Walker <clears throat> in right. <throat> but yeah, I mean, he's he's only 23. He has. A proven enough track record in the major leagues that I absolutely think that he would be of good trade value and just of better use. The same way as I said, Tyler O'Neill, like sometimes you're just going to be appreciated better and have better opportunities somewhere else. But, right. Cause, cause they that, sure, got- like you said, Alec Brolson, Richie Palacios, there's, there's,
0: there's so many guys I like. <laughs> there, there is, there is a gluttony. Even of, with of- getting rid
1: of Tyler O'Neill, there's yeah. still,
0: there's Luke so feature.
1: many. There's yeah. There's so many.
0: Um. Yeah. I had um Dylan Carlson and um Alec Burleson as like rotating DHs on my fantasy league at one point in time. Oh yikes! Yeah, <laughs> I uh, mean, I- Alec Burleson yeah. like never strikes out. So yeah, that kind of worked. It was it was a it was a whole thing. I was like, um, which Cardinal outfielder do I want today? So yeah. Um. So yeah, those are our forty man finds. back next week if i were more prepared i would tell you who in which teams um we would be covering next week but i'm not that prepared and so i don't have that information in handy but that's okay that's okay it'll come be our first week. one yeah of the new yeah. year yeah so come back um and be surprised along with us so but we're just going to jump just straight into all of the hot stove news real quick and um we're not going to spend a ton of time on this because we really want to get to all of the meaty things that i know that everybody really wants to get to um so again we're not going to spend too much time on this and um There's been a lot of hot stone moves that we omitted. So we're just going to name the big ones. Okay. So, Braves uh, released left handed infielder DH Matt Carpenter. Obviously, we all knew that that was going to happen. (laughs) Poor Matt Carpenter. Um, One thing of note, though, since um, the Braves released him, basically uh, DFA'd him, any other major league team can pick him up. And just pay him the minimum salary of like seven hundred twenty thousand dollars, yeah. Because uh, the Braves have to pick pick up four million of his contract, and the Padres have to pick up the the remaining one point five. So, I mean, someone's got to take a chance on him. I mean, yeah, veteran I mean, leadership. he's going
1: yeah. to get paid either way, yeah. and that's that's important. So,
0: like, yeah. Cincinnati Reds. But, uh, I don't,
1: Any, I don't know. I think Even like Mariners,
0: even D-backs. Like I, yeah. I'm really
1: still pulling for Jorge Soler to be yeah. like that, that power back for the, for the D-backs. d yeah. obviously he's going to be a lot more consistent than maybe a Matty Carp, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he's still yeah. got it, man. And you cannot beat his presence.
0: No, cannot be that, be that presence. And then, at, at, you know, at some point in time that he had that magical like run with the Yankees when he came oh, back. Man. I mean, for, the it, he, yeah, yeah. His slash line for um, that 2022 season, um, I think he slugged, I think he ended up slugging like seven, over 700, like 727. Yeah. I think his, uh, his slash lines were 305, 412, and 727. A 727 slug? I'm like, I'm sorry, wait, what? Yeah. So yeah. that, you know, that uh 22 Yankee season- somewhere deep down in there
1: so i just want to say that i when when the the braves posted this i retweeted it and i said in all caps wake up mo which is like the cardinals fan base's favorite thing to say right to to john Mozalock the president of baseball ops and let me just say i've never used that phrase seriously in my life it's not really my ammo but i got berated by middle aged men for the next like three days, um, because they thought I was serious that the Cardinals should re sign Matt Carpenter. So, anyway, uh, one day contract to retire nice. as a Cardinal, I'd be totally down for it. Otherwise, I'm never using the phrase wake up mo seriously ever. But, You're like, you. oh, I'm
0: sorry, did I forget to use my sarcastic tone font? Like, one, what-
1: yes, one person told me that I shouldn't be allowed to watch baseball if I felt that way. <laughs> so I've had my baseball watching license revoked, Susie. <laughs> Which at this oh, point dear. I might
0: be okay with. If if the men folk know that we can have witchcraft, it's it, it, oh okay. Anyways, anyway, um, hey, that's
1: but yeah, we can't go too deep down that rabbit hole.
0: Yeah. You uh, me? Yeah. Well, um we'll talk about the Mets though. We'll talk about the Mets and they picked up a uh, right-handed relief pitcher, Johan Ramirez from the White Sox. Who gfa paid last week. Um, they also picked up right-handed pitcher Adrian Hauser and outfielder Tyrone Taylor from the Brewers. Like, are they doing it? Are they? Are the Brewers gonna just implode on themselves? Let's see. Let's I think see. they have
1: to at this point. Like, they've got to trade Corbin Burns, right? They've got to. I'm just waiting for it. Finish Not course. that I want that for the Brewers. I mean, I should. I don't. I don't like have a disdain towards the Brewers. It's it's really weird, right? Because the Brewers are obviously in the division the same as the Cubs are, and they have been more successful overall, at least more recently, than the Cubs. But I still am just way less threatened by them. I'm way less upset to see them do well. So yeah. I I don't wish anything bad against the Brewers. Uh, but yeah, I also just think at this point it's like time to dismantle and
0: and kind of rebuild rebuild yeah. yeah 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 I don't I don't know um cornbirds Willie Thomas I mean yelly like I think Devin I Williams hate. devin Williams could get you could get you a big
1: haul I'm I' for Devin Williams envy yeah 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 um
0: Brewers babes are are gonna listen to this and just shake their fists at us no, <laughs> I'm so sorry just- Lisa and Aaron we- oh we still love you we love you Yeah, we love you yeah Anyhow, um, but yeah, so the Mets picked them up, and in return they received um, Coleman Crow, a minor league pitcher, I believe. Um, it's a great name. we'll see how, yeah, we'll see how that it's that awesome. turns out. The Giants, poor Giants, they're 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 the uh, they're the semi pretty girl that apparently nobody picks.
1: They're like literally the girl that like can't even get picked to be a bridesmaid at this point.
0: I... Yeah, she's like me. Over here, what? I, I I'll do it. I'll do it. Never a bride, never even me. a bridesmaid. You don't want me either. I don't I don't know. So I don't know. Apparently the Giants are like, sorry, sorry y'all. Uh, but they picked up a right-handed relief pitcher Devin Sweet off of waivers from the Athletics. Um, they also signed catcher Tom Murphy, so they have a backup to Pat Pat Bailey now. So um, yay for you, maybe. 't you' I don't I don't know how you guys feel about that Giants um, also my computer screen is going crazy and I am just now finally getting my arrow to where <laughs> it needs to be to get the scrolly thing so um if you saw the mild panic in my eyes, that's why uh, yeah so they signed uh, catcher Tom Murphy for two years eight and a half excuse me eight point two five million dollars. they picked up outfielder TJ Hopkins from the Reds. And um it'll be interesting to see what happens over there. Um they have a left-handed hitting lineup that's very heavy, like left-handers. Oh, yeah, and so they do. it'll be interesting to see who who is where now because um they have Michael Conforto and Mikey Strumstige in the corners. Obviously, you know, they're they're big signing. They're big signing. They did. Someone actually did pick them at some point in the time, you know. Um jung Hu Lee was like hey i'll i'll, I'll dance with you Giants." I mean, he dance. has
1: a really great dog so that's yeah. a win too, giants
0: pomeranian is freaking adorable
1: really so but
0: yeah so it'll be uh the mics in the corners and jung Huli Lee in center field um but tj can play all three positions so he's at like fourth outfield mm. depths kind of rotating in and out um they also have like mitch hanniger also out there, so I think he's going to slot into the DH role. I don't know, but yeah, he DH most of the time last season. I think yeah. so. So we'll see what um what happens over there for the Giants. Um, the Pirates sign left-handed pitcher Martin Perez. Martin Perez, excuse me, uh, one year, eight million dollars. This this one really kind of surprised me because the um I was about to say the Rays. Good night, the Rangers need starting pitching, but like, yeah. I guess they're happy with what they're gonna roll with. So they well, said, right. And I... he
1: was he started a number of games for the Rangers last year, right?
0: Yes. He, so yeah, he the, would have been a
1: great slot in
0: for that first half again. Yep. Yeah. But then like fell off and he was he he got put into the bullpen after, you know, they signed um Jay Money and uh Max Scherzer. But I'm I'm really surprised that they didn't work something out with him, but I guess, you know. The Pirates needed someone to back up Mitch Keller. Um, They also, you know, he's going to be that like depth piece with Marco Gonzalez. So we'll see. We'll see what the Pirates, because the Pirates are brewing over there. And um, Kels, we definitely, definitely need some sort of like Andrew McCutcheon something or another. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we're going to be
1: through. Send us your Andrew McCutcheon merch suggestions because we're committed to... I am also committed to Lourdes Gary jr. Merch now that he has signed with the diamondbacks for the foreseeable future, but we want to get matching Andrew McCutcheon merch. So tell us yeah. there's a lot of good brands, a lot of good stuff out there. What do we like us. us? We're big Cutch fans. Yeah. Over there.
0: Drop us the links. Um, also, can I just say that I freaking love that Kutch loves it in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Like, yeah, that yeah. Makes me so happy that makes me so happy. So obviously like veteran presence um you know last season obviously he's going to be the DH. Unfortunately last season he tore his Achilles. Yeah. And like before he could hit his 300th home run, like he had <sighs> he stopped at 299. Literally like, oh, 299. No. So um it'll be it'll be really fun to see that that team this season. So uh I'm excited about that. Padres Padre signed somebody. They signed. They, they signed, signed a closer. Somebody. I
1: wanted the Cardinals to sign, but of course they did.
0: Yeah, yeah. They signed a closer. They signed closer Yuki Matsui from the NPB. Um, has a sub two ERA, and when I say sub two, I mean he had a one point four two ERA. Kels, I don't. Yes. Is that good? Sub two. <laughs> is that? I I think that's good. I'm not sure because I don't know ball, but yeah. Um, He had a uh, 36.4% strikeout rate over 152 innings. So all the Japanese peoples, come on over. Just play all of the balls. Um, I
1: think he's somebody who would have been getting a lot more media attention had there not been... Two other Japanese players <laughs> taking up the majority of of that narrative, but yeah, yeah, he's so, exciting player to watch for sure.
0: I'll be I'll be keeping an eye out on that, especially since you know, obviously they've they're the Padres are losing Josh Hader. I say losing like we don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe the Padres will resign Josh Hader. I
1: don't think they will. I think he's but, a better Matsui is probably a better fit, better and wiser investment for where they are at currently.
0: Yes, yeah. So we're gonna hit on these rule changes, guys. I'm so mad about these rule changes. I'm gonna drink. I'm so mad about these rule changes. So uh the MLBPA apparently proposed these changes, and all of the players that sat on the MLBPA panels were like, No, thank you. We don't, wanna, yeah, MLB we don't want to proposed that. them to the
1: players, yeah. and the players yeah. were like, Yeah, but why? Yeah.
0: yeah, we don't we don't want that. No, thank you. How about um, I don't know, if you want to increase Um likability of the game if you want to increase participation views. I don't know. How about we end up in blackouts? Yeah. Could that be a thing? More accessible. Can can that be a thing? No. You want to just you want to reduce the pitch clock again? Yeah. That's that's your again and a
1: few more ads. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is that certainly is a choice. So the pitch clock will be reduced from 20 seconds to 18 seconds. Um, mound visits on
1: base, so yeah, it's still 15 seconds with no one on base, 18 seconds with runners on like
0: two seconds. Susie, what? Yeah, it's it's dumb, it's dumb. Um, we're gonna go into more detail about each of these in just a second, but yeah, uh, mound visits only four now because that because apparently mound visits were a problem. Yeah, the, the 24 times that it happened, um, that that a team used all of their. Mount visits. Apparently that was an issue. Um, The runner's lane is widened to include the dirt between the foul line and the infield grass. Now this one I could kind of see. I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right. Like I, I get that one. Uh, and the last one is the pitcher who is sent to warm up for an inning must face at least one batter. Was this such an issue that, that we needed to create a new rule? I'm confused it? about what this rule is. So apparently this, this happened quote unquote, um I want to say like 12 times, I think was the the stat that I read or something. Okay. So basically it the, the pitcher comes out like to the um warning track dirt or whatever. And then the other team sends out like so they say so they see like whoever oh, they, like, is gonna come it. in. So then mm-hmm. they counter mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh just kidding, we're gonna counter again. Okay like, that happened like 12 times, and apparently MLB was like, no, no, we're not doing that. <sighs> What? Why? Again? Yeah, that's and blackouts. The biggest thing with all of these is that they're
1: one. We just did a big overhaul, which, like, whatever. For as much shit and whatever you wanted to have your opinion about the rule changes before this twenty twenty three season, overall, they seemed to work out well. Not jarringly, drastically changing anything. Fine, whatever. We all adjusted. Right. We got used to it. But why now are we going to change again? And it seems like just for the sake of being like, yeah, let's like change some, be like change some little nitpicky things, which is not attractive as a fan at all. It's very off-putting regardless of what it is to be like, wait, you're going to change something again. And it's like so ridiculously nuanced that it literally doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are they doing? What work are they actually doing to grow the game? to make it more accessible because that is the number one issue that it doesn't take any kind of law degree or billions of dollars to figure out
0: so uh, yeah um it, it certainly is a choice certainly is a choice to quote unquote grow the game and yet you know everybody's screaming like end of blackouts here how about we shave two more seconds off of the the pitch clock instead no that doesn't make you happy no okay like what are we doing here rob manfred shut the fuck up rob what's happening tell
1: us yeah i don't i don't like want to be a rob manfred hater but he's making it hard with stuff like this
0: yeah i mean like i don't want to but it's it's quite it's quite easy to do because like And the fact that like all of the players were like, no, thank you. We don't want, we don't want that. Right. And if the players can't
1: see value in it, if you can't get the player buy-in, like that's huge. I mean,
0: it, as fans, we can say that's stupid all day long. It's not going to affect our life, but you're not going to take into account the people that it is going to affect.
1: Like, right. Cause honestly the pitch clock, like I was, I don't, I wasn't like super anti-pitch clock. I wasn't like really upset about it, but I definitely was like, this seems a little ridiculous. And I, in terms of like actually physically being at the game, I'm worried about how it's going to affect that experience. And it, it still kind of does in a way that I don't love. But the thing that got me to shut up about it was the fact that all the players like don't have any issue with it. And except for Max Scherzer, which is really Scott Boris. Don't get me started. Um, but no the players do not take an issue with it. And if anything, they kind of like it. So that's where I was like, all right, cool. I'm on board then.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I think the next CBA, like, like um, revision panel that they're going to do, I think this is going to be a big sticking point um, that they're like, Oh, you're not going to take into our, our, our opinions into consideration because you guys carry most of the seats cool. Let's, uh, let's revisit that. Like that's going right. like to yeah. be like, yeah,
1: I mean the way that it even works is, is, is such a joke. They never put anything to a vote that they don't know is going to work out the way they want it to
0: anyway. It's, yeah. it's such a joke. Yeah. So we'll see, um, all of, I guess all of that, what's, what is, what is, what's going to happen next season. So I mean, part of me is like, I mean, whatever, it's not going to change that much, but that's the whole
1: point. Like, yeah way to make it obvious that this is what you're spending your time on instead of again, spending time on advocating for accessibility for the fans who are who you make money off of. Yep. if like, you want to make more money, there is definitely some missed opportunity, but it's not with those two seconds on the fucking pitch clock
0: exactly, exactly. So um we'll again, we'll see we'll see how all of that shakes down because that's I feel like like at this point, especially like those pitchers that take that like one extra breath or that it's gonna take that like one extra breath away from them like from does. valdez um yeah like what what are you doing here you know it's just it's it's going to cause even that much more like turmoil like mental turmoil um in in the pitchers brains along with my brain but you know whatever my brain doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. So yeah.
1: I mean, for Amber Valdez is just one example. Craig Kimbrell is another guy that just comes to mind off the top of my head who like they have very different process and, and perform very differently when they're a men on base versus not. So yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It's just another thing that's like, I know it seems minuscule two seconds. Then if it's minuscule that minuscule, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. You, you know, table.
0: like we, I mean the, I feel like the pitch clock this like this past season Got rid of what you wanted it to get rid of, right? Like yeah. the excessive like nut grabbing and uh, <laughs> like let me let Short me up that shuffle. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, like let let me redo my batting gloves forty three yeah. times and like adjust my helmet. You know, like okay, like I, granted, when I first started watching baseball, I was very curious on like why they had to do the things every single time. Yeah. That was like literally a question. And Mike's like, that was that's just that's what they do. That's the process. And I'm all it's a dumb process. Like, why, why? What's (laughs) what's the deal? So, like, whatever, I get it now. But you know, so now now what are you gonna do? It's just it's so dumb. Anyways, how are Um, you
1: in terms of rules, Susie? Are you a rule follower? Do you like rules in general?
0: In general? Yeah. In general, I'm like a rule follower ish okay. but overall I you know, I want to say and like fuck the rules, but let's just be really honest I'm a I'm an Asian kid and so <laughs> rules have been just you know hammered i'm old into old school, my brain. so
1: so I'm like very rule oriented. I love rules, I would say like generally, but I am the also the first person to question rules when there is no sense behind them and like if you can so if someone from major league baseball rob give me a call rob if you're listening let me know why why this is necessary what difference this is going to make because if you can i'm also like i'm a very i'm an open vessel you i'm not stuck on any one opinion i am always willing to hear a different opinion i would love to be proven wrong or to you know have my perspective widened. So please, yeah. if there's somebody out there who can tell us what the purpose, what the value for the game is in these new rules. I'm here for it. I want to know.
0: Yeah. Um, Astro Wharf Craig says pitchers need to do more cardio. Pitchers have to do a lot of things, a lot of other things though, too. Yeah. You no, know? <laughs> you know, um, I won't, I won't say that, you know, pitchers aren't athletes because that's not a thing, but maybe, I mean, I feel like, is. do you think that maybe that's why Alec Manoa was just so ridiculously bad this season? Was the pitch I mean, block?
1: I don't think it's as simple as their cardiovascular state. I think there's a lot more to behind the full body mechanics than just their cardiovascular ability. Yeah, don't sign me up for cardio. Someone who's into all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't sign me up
0: for cardio. <laughs> don't, do, don't do that. I know. No, thank you. I no, did no, cardio
1: no. today and I'm really. Proud of myself because I do not like it, but no, I I just don't think it's as as simple as that. I think it is more about the routine, honestly, and like mm-hmm. you said, like all those little things that they do, mm-hmm. um, because that's that's what baseball is. It's a game of consistency, and and those routines and those what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's really like the rituals. Oh, that is right, what they are to them. And I think yeah. to to have to change something that you have been doing and think some of them have probably been doing it similarly since they were like 12, 13 years old. Yeah. So to have to change anything like that can can throw you off in a way that it's really hard to understand if, you know, if you're not familiar with everything that goes behind that that movement and the execution of that in your body. So I could see where just the timing and having to change every little thing that they're doing is just as much a part of it as their heart rate.
0: Yeah. We'll we'll see. Um, One person who we'll see who, how this all affects them along with all of the other things coming into a brand new league um, will do is uh, Yamamoto. Did he sign anywhere yet? No, I don't think he did. I mean, oh, I guess, guess we'll you...
1: wait till after Christmas. Yeah, all right.
0: Good. Fucking Dodgers. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, if you did not pick up on our sarcastic tone, the um, Yoshinobu Yamamoto signed for twelve years and uh, three hundred and seventy-five million dollars. Three hundred twenty-five. Yes. Um, I don't ask
1: me why I know that off the top of my head. I'm just.
0: And watched way too much content on this. <laughs> um, it's, uh, this is just balls. Just so insane to me that they gave a 12 year contract to a pitcher. Now, granted, he is 25 years old. So from that angle, like, okay, I get it. Um, and he is a three time. Um, oh, He's won like the Japanese equivalent of, of the, the yeah, Cy yeah. Young. Um Kalimura, There we go. However, it's not like our Cy Young, like every year someone wins the Cy Young. Over there, if you are not like exceptional, if there's not any pitchers that are like exceptional, if no one, one wins, it, no one wins it. <laughs> so you gotta, <laughs> gotta be a that. you gotta be a straight up badass motherfucker in order to like win the Kawamura. Okay. and he that. is he has won it three different times um japanese you know, kids aren't getting any participation trophies huh oh no no um <laughs> i don't know if you know this but the japanese are of the asian culture and uh <laughs> they, they don't go fuck about participation trophies over there no no if you're they they uh epitomize if if you ain't first you're last okay like that's that's that came from the asians not not ricky bobby and talladega nights no no i Why? I mean, I know why. I know why. There's a lot of things. There's like a
1: lot to unpack here. There's too many things I dislike about it that I like don't know where to start. The 12 years is a good place to start. Yeah. It's the longest contract. It's the largest contract. He beat Garrett Cole's longest contract or largest contract by $1 million. So like that's definitely something Joel Wolf was going in for the kill for and he got it right great right. but yeah i i mean i totally agree i have been as impressed and following yamamoto as anybody but the fact that he would get more money than someone who was as established as garrett cole already was in the league when he signed that deal or or like anyone at this point i mean it's you think as the other pitchers and and especially the other pitchers who are free agents right now to like, to some extent he's going to help them because now they have to get overpaid by the Mets or the Phillies or the Yankees or whoever. But it's still got to be kind of hard to, to swallow and just know that there's so much else at play there that ultimately led to that decision. And I don't know. I kind of had to get over this after last year with all of the the shortstops getting these 10 and 12 year deals of like, clearly he's not going to pitch. He's certainly not going to pitch like an ace. He's probably not going to pitch at all in year 12 of that deal. Like if we're being real. Right. But can you even think of anyone in recent times in this century, like in the 2000s, who has been an ace, or even been successful, like a top, you know, top 20 pitch starting pitcher in the league for like five plus years in a row.
0: There really isn't anyone. I mean, really the only one that comes to mind is like Justin Verlander. I mean, and I, you know, and I say that not only as like an Astros fan, but I mean, even when he was, you know, with the, with the Tigers, like he was
1: Yeah. So I mean, yeah, Verlander, Scherzer, I mean, Wainwright had a decent stretch of time too, but longer than, than like five to seven years, maybe at the very most. And they are, I would say Wainwright, Scherzer, Verlander, not that I'm saying Wainwright is there with Scherzer and Verlander. I get it. Or even Kershaw, but they are a dying breed of pitcher in themselves. So I, I don't know. Part of me I is don't. like, but why are we even talking about this? This has nothing to do with him actually pitching well for, I mean, I think it would for at least
0: seven or eight years though of yeah. that 12 year deal. Yeah. Well, you know, again, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens this in, in this season first, yeah. off, because um, you know, they pitch the in, in the NPB one, it's a different ball.
1: Oh, Completely. I don't think I
0: knew that. Yeah. It's a different ball. Um it is slightly smaller. And by slightly, I mean like centimeters s- smaller. Um, mm-hmm. but the seams are totally different as well. Okay. Um, also they pitch every six days, not every five. I, yeah.
1: Um,
0: and, and so, there are certain
1: pitchers that come over here that have stayed that way, right? I think you Darvish is one of them that like he still starts
0: yeah. almost regularly
1: every sixth day.
0: Um, and I mean Shohei, but then obviously because unicorn. Um, but that was one of Kodai Senga's like big, big, mm. um, sticking points. Was you know that's why he struggled because he was tired. Like he wasn't used to pitching every five days. So it'll be really interesting to see if if Yamamoto can can overcome all of that. I guess, Um, you know, he is a smaller quote unquote. He pitcher. is a real cool guy or a pitcher. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, shout out Short Kings, and I say Short Kings like in the grand <laughs> scheme of things for baseball players for pitchers. Yeah. He is. He's a. He's short. He's he's small. He's like five ten, you mm-hmm. know. Which I guess, you know, if you if you trust all of the baseball things, that's it. Really means he's like five eight, <laughs> like, you know. Right. So, <laughs> um, the picture of him standing next to uh um. Shohei is just just kind of cracks me up because yeah, I mean, you can like, tell that's yeah.
1: a a good source there too, yeah. to see exactly what we're talking about. But yeah, just like we were talking about with the the nuances of something like two seconds on the pitch clock and stuff like that, it, it when you are executing at this elite of a level something like an extra day or or one less day of rest or the seams being different on the ball like I there's also a lot of proven track record of success of these pitchers coming over and adapting very you know rather quickly relatively well I get that but it's still definitely something that you have to take into consideration you know not the same way that you
0: would with someone who has an established record in the major leagues so yeah um, but apparently, you know, he it it was said that he took multiple meetings like he asked for multiple meetings um, with the Yankees, with the Dodgers, with the Mets. You know, uh, Steve Cohen went over to Japan. Oh, Steve. No one. Listen, I I'm pretty sad about this. I'm pretty bummed about this.
1: We're pretty mad about it. But no one is butthurt quite like Steve Cohen is
0: today. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I. I not not gonna lie, like I mean, like we texted last night. I was really, really surprised um, that a Steve Cohen wasn't like three thirty-five. Anybody three fifty? Like, what's what's it gonna take? Name your price. I mean,
1: clearly, uh, clearly Yamamoto didn't really want to pitch for the Mets, and he was using them as leverage. Yep. Do to max out with, I mean, Joel Wolf knew exactly what he was doing. I'm telling you that 325 was written on his war room wall. Like this is what we're getting. And he went and did it. And I guess good for him, but yeah, no, he was playing Steve Cohn all the way because okay. when you're the wealthiest owner in the league, there is absolutely this sense of like you should go out and be able to buy whichever player you want. And, and that's what I hate about Steve Cohen and what I hated about the Mets and why I will like now the Dodgers are my new Mets. But yeah, I don't listen. I don't feel bad for Steve Cohen. Don't get me wrong. I never will. But man, I can only imagine like now he needs to, to go to therapy too, along with these Dodgers (laughs) owners who just cannot, they cannot put their fragile egos back together from the D-backs just stomping on it, snaking around them,
0: squeezing right? all
1: that ego out of them. And so they had to go out and spend
0: spend all this money. Yeah. Yeah. They said, um, just kidding. We're not. We we will not be swept again by a sub-90 win
1: team. Because clearly spending over a billion dollars in the offseason guarantees that you're going to win the division. Oh, wait. So that's the other, that's part two, I guess, that I really need to go off about this is the thing that makes me mad about teams like the Mets, the Dodgers, the Padres. I was like very anti-Padres last season is I hate the idea. Like it is a, it's this idea that there is a shortcut to the ring. There is a shortcut to winning anything. I mean, this goes for anything in life that you can like buy your way in. Right. You can, you can buy the ring and in other sports, I think that applies a lot more, which is why salary caps are much more important in other sports. So I'm not here to say there needs to be a salary cap because I don't, I do not believe that money, it, that having the highest payroll, I mean, there's, there it is proven it is not a surefire way to even get into the postseason. Hello, Yankees, Padres, Mets 2023, let alone to win in the postseason. Dodgers, case yeah. in point. So, I don't Part of me is like, I, that's where I think we need to articulate our annoyance a little bit more as fans. Cause like, I'm not annoyed thinking the Dodgers are going to be so much better. And like, we never have a chance to win. Everybody's screwed. They're a super team. No, cause I don't even think they're going to win the division every year that they have right. Shohei Otani and Yamamoto. Honestly, even half the years, they might not even win the division. I wouldn't be surprised. I am annoyed because I want to see the critical thinking. I want to see the team building. I want to see the athleticism and like the actual critical thinking Mm -hmm. have to happen. The team building behind the sport. Like that's what we love about it. And that's, what's fun about watching it Yep. and going out and just spending the most money. Like, yeah, they're going to make all of that money and way, way, way fucking more that they are spending just on these two guys, let alone all the other guys on their roster. That's why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I guess at the end of the day, does it matter if they win? No, because people are going to s- pay that much to come see these
0: guys play anyway. Yeah. They basically have now just um, solidified the Japanese fan base. Like yeah. the Japanese fan base is like now that they're, they're not like, oh, so we have to figure out, are we going to be a Mets fan because of Kodai Senga? Or are we going to be a Dodgers fan because of Shohei Otani? And right. Oh, um, and don't even get me started about like the Boston Red Sox. Like Boston Red Sox are even like an afterthought wow. over here. Like, okay, but so the Dodgers are just like, okay, we have just now commandeered Japan. All of Japan, come on, let's go. You know, like the streaming rights, all of the ad revenue, it's going to be fucking insane. Um, but my question now is how many World Series is, World Series is, you know, you don't know try to say, <laughs> do the Dodgers World have C-I. to win? Yeah. <laughs> In order for these ridiculous fucking contracts to not matter? Two? Three? Yeah, I would say anything less than two
1: is definitely. I mean, the thing is, though, like, That's what you would say, I guess, in terms of what, because I know obviously the revenue that they can make in the postseason and as a World Series team is is beyond vomit worthy. But like. They are still. It's worth the investment, right? Is it worth it? From a fan standpoint of people for like, is this about winning or is this about making money? It's about making money. And yes, winning sometimes makes you more money, but you don't necessarily have to win to make money. And that's what this is all about. They have found they're like, this is the actual loophole. We were looking you think we're looking for the loophole to win. No, we're just looking for the loophole to make more money. And that's way more guaranteed than getting into the playoffs over 162 and eat, especially once you're in the playoffs in baseball. So I don't think the Dodgers are really that invested. Like their number one goal in that room together, the front office is not to win. It is yeah. to make the most money. Of course it is. And you're kidding yourself. If you think anything other than that. Yeah. Were you surprised that Yamamoto signed with the same team as Otani?
0: Yes and no. A part of me, Thought that he would try and be like the quote unquote superstar, right? Yeah, but then the other part of me is saying, okay, if he's as competitive as we all know that like most Japanese players are, um, he's gonna want to win and not win in like a year or two years, like he's gonna want to win kind of like now, and unfortunately. The three teams that were vying for his uh, attention, quote unquote, Dodgers, Yankees, Mets. It's unfortunately the Dodgers, like that, has the best track record. The Mets are a hot mess. Yeah. (laughs) Mets fans, I love you. You all know this, but you yourselves know that the Mets are, Mets organization is just a steaming pile of garbage right now yeah, like they
1: only know how to spend money yeah right now the dodgers organization overall is very well run don't get me wrong like i i have that perspective i have the respect for them i'm just yeah. saying when it comes right down to it if yeah. you had to pick if you could make more money but not yeah. win the world series yeah would you yeah yes every yeah. time
0: now i did now i will say that i did get a perverse um, little slice of satisfaction um, knowing that he did not sign with the Yankees, but it was also tempered with the fact that he signed with the Dodgers instead. And I was like, yeah. "Damn it!" but you know, it, it is what it is at this point.
1: Yeah. I think I, I think I honestly am a little more annoyed that he signed with the Dodgers, even than the Mets. If you had asked me a month ago, I would have said Mets would be like the worst case scenario for me. But now seeing how, Again, I don't, I don't know if I want to use my same, not even a bridesmaid metaphor, but I don't know what is like, I feel like Steve Cohen is probably like having some major like PTSD like flashbacks to like, you know, the kid in the back corner of private school that nobody wanted to play with because that's what's happening here. And yeah. it's like all the money in the world can't Stop. buy you the winning culture, baby. Yeah. I don't know, but... But yeah, now if the Dodgers had not signed Otani, I would feel differently about this. I still would be annoyed, but I would not be to the extent that I am now of like, this is just ridiculous. Like they're bullying the other teams.
0: Yeah. Well, and what really, but what really cracks me up is that everyone's like, your team could do it too. I'm like, I, could they? I mean, like, granted, I understand that most all owners are billionaires with a B, B. OK. Yeah. But there's a difference between um, Guggenheim money. Yeah. <laughs> OK. And uh, everybody else. OK. Like. Yeah. And I'm sorry. That. Like, trust me, I am. It's hard. It's
1: kind of hard to talk about this kind of stuff without getting political. But let's be clear that like professional sports is not here to dictate anything like that that happens in our country. Like it is this way because of all of that and yeah. they will not fix it. So there's yeah. no use like arguing about it in terms of how professional sports plays into it. These owners are very wealthy. They are going to stay very wealthy. They didn't buy the baseball team to lose money. So, faulting them for not making, you know, formidable moves to keep their business in good standing is just stupid. Like, it's a business like anything Mm -hmm. else. So, I'm not agreeing with the fact that there need to be people who make gross more amounts of money than anyone else in this world. We don't need to talk about that, but I'm not saying I'm here for that because I'm not. But, right, right. But it is how it is. Yeah. And it is, it's ignorant to be like, you should be willing to throw your money away and lose money. Like, that's not what they're going to do.
0: Yeah. I'm like, and, they, they didn't become billionaires by doing this, people. Like, exactly. Come on now. Right. All right. Now. Right. I, and
1: you saw what one season of Steve Cohen doing that did to the Mets and is the ramifications of that mm-hmm. are going to be, you know, into the foreseeable future. So, yeah, I just think you can't. That, that's just not a fair statement. And again, like this could be a very this could be a whole one hour conversation just on why that statement <laughs> doesn't read.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah. So now now granted, like there's still there's still a lot of ifs. For the Dodgers. Okay. Like granted, that top half of the projected lineup is tough. With the signing of Yamamoto and Tyler Glass now, their rotation is fortified a little bit more. However, don't get it twisted, guys. Like, there's still a lot of big ifs for this Dodgers team. Okay. Um, Walker Bueller is coming back off of TJ. Okay. Uh Tyler Glass now has literally not pitched more than hundred innings in any of the seasons that he has yeah. been a professional baseball player okay um Yamamoto will he get acclimated you know then they have two baby rookies in um Emmett Sheehan and not Gavin Stone uh Bobby Miller thank you I'm like who is the other one I can't (laughs) I I can't remember Bobby Miller to save my life apparently um but it you know again Max Muncy is your everyday third third baseman guys (laughs) like are we sure about that it, there's there's still some there's still some some ifs in that Dodgers rotation. Yes. Yes. Yeah, do you think that the
1: Dodgers will win more games? I think this is like a really good comparison. This is what I keep coming back to. Do you think the Dodgers will win more games in 2024 than like the Braves and or the Phillies? I don't think they will. I don't think so either. I don't think even just on paper, I still don't think they're better than those yeah. teams.
0: So. I mean, granted, they uh, they're trying, they are trying to create the super team, you know, but you're going to have to you're going to have to sign a couple more players in order to do that and quite honestly I don't think they're done and if, oh my god, if they get Emmanuel class a, I will just vomit. I will just straight up vomit.
1: <sighs>
0: just straight up. But, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. And but you know, again, that like fuck, that's baseball guys. Like that's literally No one, no one in their right mind, except for that, like one guy who made, you know, like $60,000 on the bet of the Diamondbacks, like winning the (laughs) NLCS uh, last season. But like nobody, literally nobody had the Diamondbacks beating the Dodgers. Yeah. Ever. Right. And, and it happened. It happened. So, you know, again, it's baseball and that's why they, that's why we play 162. That's why we play best of seven series for best of five series. Ziz series uh, anyways because things like this happen yeah. so while yes it's so sucky and annoying and and uh, it's the dodgers don't lose hope don't lose hope guys i just but just yeah you can, Tr- you trust can, that they are yeah. more
1: focused on truly i like truly truly believe they are more focused on making money from all the other revenue streams that have nothing to do with how many games that they, they actually win yeah, that's what this is about way more than it is about winning. And it takes a lot more than just spending the most money to put together a winning season and the winningest season over 162. So, yes, public service amount announcement. I am doubling down as a serious uh, Diamondbacks fan. I hope you'll join me and uh, anybody who wants to hop on the bandwagon here. I mean, obviously, I'm still a St. Louis Cardinals fan first, I mean, but you know that I'm here. Yeah, we are. Uh, behind the diamondbacks full force. And I really appreciate and look at like, look at what they are doing to better their team with a very respectable yet manageable payroll. They're doing the work that's like interesting and fun to talk about and fun to see that takes way more than just shelling out the most dough. And I'm way more impressed and interested in that.
0: And Mike Hazen, um, they're, they're, uh, He's not the president of operations. He is general manager. Um, he has said that they are not done either yet. So, you know, again, shout out Diamondbacks for literally breaking the souls and hearts <laughs> of of the Dodgers and making them go spend a billion with a B dollars on um, two players. To I do think therapy
1: out. is probably cheaper than that. But, I mean, what
0: do I know? Uh, you know, i um, I don't know. Some of those rich motherfuckers are pretty fucked. So maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. That's true. It definitely would take a lot longer to get Probably. to the root cause. So, so um, but with that, we are going to end the show. We are going to wish all of you and yours a Merry Christmas and um, happy holidays and all of the festivities anything that you celebrate or don't celebrate. Not your judge. However you want to celebrate this season. Um, we wish you all of the goodness there. Uh Kels, whose birthdays are are you celebrating? Like I know that you've got holidays and stuff.
1: Yeah. So my I mean, besides Jesus' birthday, which I am mm-hmm. celebrating on Christmas. Right. <laughs> my mother-in-law is turning 70 a couple of days after Ooh. Christmas. And then one of my cousins, Summer, her birthday is on December 29th. So we always like kind of celebrate her birthday at Christmas too, which I feel bad <laughs> about because she never gets a separate birthday. But <laughs> She's
0: used to it by now. Right. Well, fun. Okay. So, um, again, we we uh, wish you guys a very Merry Christmas and all of the Festivuses. I don't actually know when Festivuses. I don't do the Seinfeld thing, but, you know, Merry Festivus to any of you that celebrate. So, <laughs> be safe, uh, fun, yes. stay cozy, if nothing yes. else. Don't drink and drive, guys. Like, no, for real. So, don't Absolutely drink and drive. Okay. Not okay. Do that. Please. Sit in the basement and drink. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um. And with that, we are going to close the show. So, Kelsey, tell the people where they can find you.
1: You can find me on the Twitter at KBirdTweets, right here. You can find me on the Instagram at peace.love.baseball and on YouTube at KBirdTweets as well. And and you get to one of those spots, you find the link tree, you find everything else for my weekly episodes of Peace, Love, and Baseball, my other podcast, Babes, Babes, and and all the good stuff here for bourbon and baseball as well. Yeah, Susie, where can they find you
0: and us? Um, you can find the show at bourbon and b ball on Twitter. You can um, find the Instagram at bourbon and baseball pod. Um, I don't remember what the YouTube is, but you're, you know, if you're here, you're actually looking at it. So, you know, what's that? But, um, oh, shout out to all of the Japanese listeners. I don't know where, where you came from or how you found us. Uh, please let me know. Because I am very, very curious. Um, because at some point, somehow, you guys have listened to enough episodes to get the show to uh, ranked 18th overall baseball show in Japan. Like, I don't know how or why, but We're on thank a roll. you so much. Thank you so much. Um, USA, hop on it. I don't know where y'all are at. Uh, but Japanese listeners, thank you so much. We appreciate that. So. Um, if you've not left a five-star review or given us a five-star rating, there we go. Five star rating. Uh written review, we would love that. Or hit subscribe on the YouTubes. We would also appreciate that. So any of those, do, do, do that in your spare time. Tell a friend if you if they like sassy sarcastic remarks and you know, don't mind the word fuck. That's We're what here this for podcast you. Is about that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh with that, we will say goodnight. And yay, baseball! Hooray! And stream.